the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello, everybody. It is me. <laughs> I only do the uh, forgotten actors for the midweek episodes. Oh, I see. So, I see. That's what I was waiting for. Well, no, because it's like a news and reviews thing, isn't it? So I'm I'm updating you on the news of this person's career that you haven't talked about. Although the news is probably circa 2002 when they were <laughs> a thing. Uh, I think I've got the date right for Hollywood Homicide. I'm not sure, though. Welcome to the... Sunday episode. Sunday. Sunday. It is Sunday today. I forgot days. We've just had a roast dinner. I feel like we need to... (laughs) After the Maldives and the Louvre, we need to sort of embellish the podcast with some sort of... uh, Bullshit. (laughs) Well, no, it's just, uh, you know, some flavour. Actual lies. Some some flavour of what we might have been up to that particular day. So we had chicken... Okay. With all the all the trimmings, I was going to say all the stuffings, but that's just one <laughs> all of the trimmings. Sage and onion. I have to remember um, that stuffing is just one of the many trimmings. Onion and sage. Uh, pork and apple. Um, There's more than just sage and onion of stuffing. Yeah. My mind has been blown. Okay. Well. Um, welcome and thank you for joining us. On what I like to call the Andy Discovers New Things About Stuffing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We're going in a new direction, guys. Christmas is going to take a very strange direction for you this year. You're going to like, well, I'm going to experiment with some stuff that isn't, you know, that you got like, this chestnut stuffing. No, that sounds horrid. Uh, apple and something else. Walnut? I don't know. <laughs> Stop putting nuts in stuffing. Okay, well, what what would your ideal... Uh, here we are. Here's a good question. Just to start <laughs> off. And, and relates, to be fair, relates into the subject of the podcast this week. Um, if What would your ideal stuffing be? <laughs> okay, let's put two things I like together. Yeah. Uh, bacon. Bacon. And, and Toblerone. <laughs> bacon and Toblerone stuffing. So you've got the sweet and the savoury, you know, it's a bit like salted caramel. Except I would hate that as repulsive. an idea. Okay, so... Like, if you right. gave me that, I would actually hate it. Okay, fine. How about... Two savoury items together, so bacon and something, mm-hmm. and then Toblerone and something is a sweet stuffing. For... As like a gravy. Well, no. To- <laughs> mount the no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking you can have a stuffable pudding. Oh. So in the same way that you would stuff a turkey or a chicken. Oh, a Toblerone and brownie stuffing. Oh, God. Like, like, oh. Imagine like... So it's cakey, but also oh. sort of nutty oh, and, yeah. and chocolatey. Is Ooh. it... Have you melted the Toblerone down? No, no. It's delicious. What, what kind of consistency has it got? The consistency of regular stuffing? <laughs> like that sort of um, grained it's... sort of lumps? So you get a Toblerone, yeah? yeah. Toblerone chunk. Okay. And then you bake a brownie around it in like a ball. Oh, okay. So essentially... It's basically a it's brownie like a, bite. With... A, mol- a molten-centred uh, brownie. There's no, there's no melting of the tofu. Oh, so the, but you're baking the brownie around it. We'll work out a system. So you're, from what? Okay, from what I can decipher from your description of this, you're getting a Toblerone, dipping it in brownie mix, and then baking it. No, or is the brownie already made, and then you just sort of mold it onto yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you just sort of tear chunks out of a brownie, <laughs> and then just chuck it together until you've you just got get something like four ball-shaped. little brownie chunks, right? And you just set a tape it round. Uh, what size Toblerone are you using? Big, legit, big size like Toblerone. Spain Toblerone. Okay, but that means we're now. But now, not the post, not the post Brexit one with I, the, I was with say the, the gaps, huge gap. I'm rack. talking. 
I'm talking when you go to Spain mm-hmm. and you get the one that's the size of like. I was gonna so say how many stuff I was gonna say the get? size of your mortgage, and then went, "That's not a sentence." <laughs> I mean, the size of your mortgage could be anything. You could have st- paid off your mortgage. It's the start of a sentence. Sometimes <laughs> the size of your mortgage is this amount. Is troubling, it's, Mr. It's, Hughes. It's never the size of your mortgage is equivalent to one Toblerone, but from <laughs> Spain, Toblerone. Spain Toblerone. Why are we talking about this? Just an interesting way to start. I thought. Um, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, guys, there's been a recent development that is troubling for Marvel Studios. I say Marvel Studios. Marvel TV Studios. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist has come out. A fil- uh, film, a series that Andy... A, a, a film in 13 bored- parts. A, a, fil- a series that you're borderline excited for? I'm interested in interested. it. I tried watching the first episode yesterday and unfortunately the internet hates me. Okay. Uh, so... Iron Fist came out on Friday and basically has been ravaged by the critics. It's mm. it's currently sitting on nineteen. The, sorry, sorry, it's changed during the course of uh, me finding five the minutes. Seventeen percent. My God. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. However, what brought this to what brought this discussion to mind was the fact that uh, the audience score is currently eighty-seven percent. It's ridiculously so different. So the disparity between the two, you know, is it doing... This is from 2,000 user ratings as opposed to 37 uh, reviews. Yeah. So is it that thing of going, right, well, we don't make these shows for the critics, we make well, them this for is the masses. What, this is what Finn Jones said, the guy who plays Iron Fist. Right. Like, plays Danny Rand in Iron Fist. He said, the thing is, Firstly, a lot of the critics for Iron Fist have focused on the whitewashing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you can't see my air quotes, but there are air quotes. Yeah. Um, whitewashing of Danny Rand, um, a man who's basically another white savior character of a white man who goes to the Orient, learns martial arts, and comes back yeah. and saves his city. Which, to be fair, is the character in the comics. Though mm. he is he is a white white businessman, but. From what I've seen of the trailers, there seems to be a multicultural cast around him. Yeah. It's just people who are upset at the fact that he is not... I mean, what we don't know is that maybe that he's just horribly racist. Well, this is the thing, I, I've, not, during the I've series, not seen it, so that like, is a possibility. He's got a multicultural guy. I mean, he's offensive to like, literally all of them. horrible yeah. things. <laughs> um, but, you know, even about white people, he doesn't even like everyone. <laughs> Like, he's, he's not there like, well, I'll pick my battles. He's like, no, I am a misanthrope. He's like, I'm not racist because I hate everybody. Yeah, it's not racism if I'm the only one I like. Um, but, you know, he says a lot of people are focusing on that. But also, he, his comments were, this is made for the fans and, you know, critics don't like mm. it. As long as the fans do, that's all we really care about. But then, this... Uh... But, on the flip side, you know, people shit on DC for saying basically the same thing. Yeah. And I don't... To be honest, I don't think that argument holds up particularly with Marvel TV. Judging from previous efforts, which have all been very well received, both critically and by audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's slight dips. You know, Daredevil Season 2 was about 20% less well reviewed than Daredevil Season 1. But But Daredevil Season 1 was was 96%. And it's so refreshing. Yeah. So... The, the problem with that argument from Finn Jones is, well, yes, if you're saying we make these for the fans and not for the critics, that's fine. But what you've been able to do previously in pretty much every single series you've produced 
is make something that is for critics and for fans. You know, even things like, um, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which isn't... Uh, is that done in conjunction with Disney Studios? It's, it's, or? Uh, Marvel, it's on ABC, isn't Marvel, it? It's, it's Marvel a proper Film, network. And thing. then you have Marvel Television. They're two separate entities, mm. and this is why you don't get much crossover. Um, but, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. follows the continuity of the films. Mm. Um, and while they're all within the it's same the series universe, that is it, most closely tied into what's yeah, going on on the effects big of the films directly impact Agents of Shield. So sure, Civil War is mentioned directly. Um, so it all fits into was, the timeline. Yeah. Whereas at the moment we've had sort of hints of stuff. With, yeah, yeah. We, um, we know the Netflix series are post Avengers. Where they fit in that timeline, though, we're not exactly sure. Mm. And this is the thing. I mean, you know. I I really enjoyed Daredevil when I got round to watching it the other year, and I thought it was a really refreshing take on sort of that street level hero, which you don't necessarily get to see in the films mm-hmm. because it's all big, it's all big stake stuff. Whereas, you know, ultimately the stakes in Daredevil aren't necessarily too grand, but mm-hmm. it's it's more about seeing him, and, and you know we've. We've dedicated was, episodes to Daredevil. We've talked about the relationship between him and Fisk and the building up of that character. It's the thing that um, I listened to an interview with James Mangold recently, who directed Logan. Mm. And it's the thing that he said, which is in comic books, not everything is a world-ending event. You normally got one every year. There'd be a world-ending event where everyone has to band together to save the world. Yeah, and the problem is with films and TV series as well. It kind of comes to this thing of, oh no, the world is gonna, the world has got to end, and the stakes have got to be bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, and what he said is that, especially with Logan, he didn't want it to be world ending. He wanted it to be this kind of enclosed story, and that's what Daredevil did. And the reason Daredevil worked so well is because it was this that what Fisk was doing in Daredevil wouldn't affect, say, um, so say New York wouldn't affect, say, Washington. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't affect. But it was it was just specific to. Matt Murdock. Yeah. And it affected him and he took a stand against it because he morally objected to what was going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. In terms of news reportage, it might get some coverage across the national media, maybe, if he's doing all this. But, you know, considering he had to sort of coerce Ben Ulrich into writing a story about this in the first place. Yeah. Clearly, it wasn't going to be like, oh, breaking news, everyone. Wilson Fisk has taken over everything and is the king of, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, Gotham. But, you then. know, that, that's the best Batman stories. The best Batman stories are standalone stories because it's him saving his city and, mm. him, and stories that specifically relate to him. And stories that specifically relate to him. Yeah. Pete Postman. Yeah, sure. I, I think this is the thing, though, with the films... Everyone wants it to be such a big thing. And, you know, I think the films are the right place to do those world-ending events. Because if you're going to do them justice, it's probably best to do them justice on a big screen with a huge budget. Mm-hmm. Whereas the TV series, you can kind of go, well, I, I, I can tell that some of you want to be doing big world-ending events. But I guess your your place in that universe is to basically feed into those world-ending yeah. events. Rather, than, You know, I don't, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s alright. It I, seems like it's the background to the world-ending events rather than yeah, world-ending events kind of, themselves. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of the um, middle management of a superhero universe. Mm. Um, I think it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has genuinely gotten stronger as it started distancing itself from that universe as closely. 
Like the first, I think everyone agrees. Anyone who's watched it and is continuing to watch it, the first half of that first season is terrible. Right. Um, that it's really, really poor. When Winter Soldier happens and it completely changes what Shield is. Yeah. That series got so much more interesting, and it's only got stronger since. And they they're the ones who are bringing stuff like the Inhumans in. Right. So they're bringing in additional things that if you want, which is going to be a TV series. Which is going to be a TV series in its own right. right now. I imagine they will feed into each other. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Agents of Shield's got stronger. But the thing is, I'm very interested in what's happened with Iron Fist because so far I've spoke to two or three people who have started watching this, and all of them basically said, "I'm actually really enjoying where this is coming from." Because I spoke to a lot of people about Luke Cage. Yeah. Now, I watched five episodes of Luke Cage. Um, I think it was. And I really couldn't get into it. I, it just did nothing for me. Yeah. But the critics and the audience scores were yeah, quite yeah. high. I think Both it was very 80s, high. Uh, I think 80, 87 for the audience score, 93 for the... So, you know, fa- fairly high. 96 for the... Uh, like, well, critics kept saying, you know, this is a really great season. And it just did nothing for me. Yeah, I'm speaking to people about Iron Fist and everyone I've spoken to about it so far have said, this is this looks like it's going to be good. I've not got that far into it, but it looks like it's going to be good. Mm. Um, which is really strange. I, w- I would like to actually be interested to read what some of the... After I've watched it, because I don't want to read them before I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but after I've watched it, see what the problems are people are having critically. Now, I know when the early reviews came out, a lot of them were saying um, that it just seemed quite formulaic it didn't seem um exciting or anything like that and apparently because reviewers when they get the netflix series they get the first six episodes yeah normally so it's essentially the first half of the series isn't it yeah, yeah. and what all of them said is by the sixth episodes things were starting to pick up and it's starting to get interesting yeah so the question is for, if we were talking about this specific example the question is whether or not if the audience have seen the entire thing and can review it as a whole. Yeah, is that more a uh, realistic out outlook on what that series is than those critics who are reviewing off six episodes where the first say five might not be all that mm. much? Well, it's interesting. I think the yeah, the final six might be fantastic. It might be the best things to ever hit television. The, the thing that sort of works in its favour in, in the whole process's favour really is that you're releasing the series as a whole. Mm. So traditionally on network television, you'd be releasing week by week. You know, some shows get cancelled if they get panned for the first five episodes. There's no risk of that here. And, yeah. you know, it, it's less evident in um, sort of dramas and series where you've got a through line. You know, it's, it's mainly things like sitcoms and stuff that get mm-hmm. cancelled halfway through the run. But it still bears to mind that the fact that this is the way to do it for them is to say, you know, the whole package is available for you on this date. So you can go off and watch all of this because I think Marvel have stuck pretty rigidly to the, um, you know, release it as a chunk. Yeah. In terms of the Netflix stuff, at least. I, I understand Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is releasing the traditional sort of... Yeah, yeah, but stuff. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a very traditional series. It's 22, 24 episodes. Yeah. You know, it has like a three-month break and then it's back. And it's like constantly there. Yeah. And then, you know, also contrary to all this is the fact that the DC shows seem to be going downhill. Mm-hmm. In terms of Arrow, which I've watched sort of sporadically, I've seen episodes of each series, I think. I've seen more episodes of series one and two than anything else, I yeah. think. And then I've seen other ones. It's just so soap opera-ish now. Yeah, I stopped watching. I got, I stopped watching halfway through last season. So, I've not picked up any of this season. Well, Flash. 
I enjoyed enough to finish off that season, but then I was like, I don't think I can put myself going through it again. Mm. I'm watching it out of habit. Yeah, sure. Um, and this is the same thing as um, um, Walking Dead, for example. Mm. Um, Walking Dead is something that I'm, I think we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks' time, properly anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the series finishes in about three weeks. So and I think be... we'll, we'll have a chat about it then and see where we currently stand with it. But um, it, Walking Dead, generally, I'm watching at the moment out of habit. Mm. I'm used to watching it's it. sort of ingrained into your behaviour. It, and then It's not like, say, Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones comes out and I have to watch it. I have to watch it on the day that I can get it. Yeah, you, like, whereas I need to see The this. Walking Dead tends to be... It, you watch on the day you can get to it, <laughs> but it's, it's just because you're like, oh, it's there. That, that, that is the thing I have to do now. Um, it, it's not like, oh, I can't wait for... It's more like, oh, and it is Monday, so yeah, it's the so, day that so I watch. This is Walking Dead yeah. day. Um, so... But the, that's the weird thing, is that should we be, you know, without watching Iron Fist, it's difficult to say, but, you know, is it that Marvel are taking more risks with their series in terms of the stuff they're putting out and the ways they're telling their stories than DC seem to be, where they've sort of fallen into this area of soap opera? DC are struggling, series-wise, um, from the fact that the benefit Marvel have is they have a 13 episode structure which they have to really subscribe yeah. to because that's what Netflix have been doing before any of these Marvel things you know House of Cards is 13 episodes anything else that we put out is 13 episodes so you're able to tell kind of succinct storylines in a 13 episode structure Yeah. as soon as you stretch out to 22 if you've not got the storyline to fill that you end up just dragging it out and having episodes that are just filler then you've got to and yeah you've got to put about, in the I sort s- of Karen yeah, and I say Foggy this about, um, I say this about Arrow I say this about Flash but I also do say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have episodes where you're like that is a nothing episode I wish I hadn't seen it Yeah, it's not me kind of shitting on DC it's me shitting on the 22 episode structure for something that can be done so much brief, more briefly Yeah, Gotham had a similar problem where um they got to a point where they went, but Gotham really lost its idea of what they actually wanted to do with that series, and I still think it would be better if they just cancel that series, go ten years into the future where Batman's there, have all the same people playing the same characters, and go, this is now Gotham with Batman, but we've had the beginnings. But that's just my theory. That's just me. You get Affleck to sign on for a seven no, no, no. series. No, G- no get him you, to. You, you get somebody playing Batman, you do Batman Year One, and you do Year One where... We know who all these villains are because you've still got like Robert Lord Taylor playing Penguin and stuff like that. It's just 10 years on. But switch it to Netflix, so it's only 13 episodes. Yeah. So the films, so the series is better. This is the thing, you're right. The 22 episode structure, if you applied that to say Daredevil, it's the first series of Daredevil, mm. that series weakens significantly. Well, the thing is, we so if you stretch that, I think that's perfectly paced. I think that series pictures itself well you get some episodes where it's just a fisk episode and those are the best episodes we spoke about this with series two where we said the punisher stuff was great most of the dead stuff was great the extra stuff was okay but we said there were still some areas where it felt like there was just kind of loose ends where it's like that's a really nothing moment there yeah there's there's still there was a lot of matt murdoch stuff that didn't work um and there's still space in there but you're like, that's not as tight as the first series was. Sure. And that's with 13 episodes. So if you'd stretch that out even further, you end up having all these gaps. And yes, you could have looked deeper into certain things, but a lot of mystery is what makes things fun. Yeah. Like, I think House Cards is 
a perfectly pitched series. You know? Yeah. Um, I think they had a series where it dipped, but as far as um, building a storyline over 13 episodes, it does such a good job. And it, yeah, it sure. And I think a lot of series are starting to get this. Like, Walking Dead, the first series was 10 episodes. Yeah. Now we're up to 18, 20, I think. Yeah. You know, and they're growing the episode numbers. But Game of Thrones is 10. Yeah. And Game of Thrones gets so much storyline into 10 episodes. So I think series-wise... And it's and now... I, is it I, reducing I, I, for the new two? Uh, the yeah, next yeah, the two next series? one's like seven. Seven and eight um, episodes, something like that. And I realise I've kind of gone off the... Stop talking about the point that we brought up. Well, no, but it's interesting to talk eight. about the sort of structure of the thing as well. And, you know, some of the better series that I watch are... A limited run rather yeah. than the sort of long drawn out. For example, I'm, I'm loving Legion at the moment, but I don't know how many episodes are in there. Well, I think that's going to be a 20-something episode Is it? series. I don't know about the first series, but I imagine that would be their plan to... Maybe, maybe. I would say I started watching... It's, it's a network broadcast thing, isn't it? It's on Fox. Yeah, yeah. So I... I would imagine it would follow a fairly similar one. I mean, although what I would say is that FX, who do, um, you know, part of Fox, uh, who do things like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yeah. I think, they keep their episode run sh- shorter as well because they need to maintain that quality. And, you know, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a great example of a comedy that's still staying relatively fresh over the years. It's been going 11 series now. Yeah. But still finds a way to make itself fresh. You, you know, you get episodes where it's sort of rehashing an old idea that you've definitely seen before, but you you sort of allow them to get away with it. Sometimes it's very tongue in cheek as well, though. Right? No, well, this is yeah, them. and points yeah, and you sort of allow it to do that. Whereas like the whole um, trying to get benefits episode, they mm, did that twice. But yeah. they massively referenced the first time, saying, "Haven't we done this?" Yeah, before? they sort of so replay the events scene by scene. Um, but you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where you go into a, particularly sitcoms seem to have this, where you would have a 22 episode series and then the next series you would have a stuck in the elevator series, uh, episode yeah. where you just had clips from the previous series. Yeah, a bottle, episode. Yeah, a bottle episode essentially. And the problem is if you're doing that after one and a half series, there's something fundamentally wrong with your program. That you you've run out of stories to tell already, or that you want to save your stories for the next series. Is that it? So you only have to do twelve bottle episodes <laughs> next series. But I think you know it's it's a weird state of affairs for the for the especially for the comic book superhero-y stuff that you've got a consistent history by Marvel, particularly with the Netflix series, of such strong contenders in terms of both critically and yeah. uh, fan wise. And then for it to go so far in the other direction for the critics now. Like, instantly as well. Like, 17% is a huge drop-off from Luke Cage's 97. Yeah, I don't think Marvel will be that bothered about this. Being, if, if the critics yeah, that... aren't there going, oh, this is the best ever. Because the thing is, you had a strong success with Daredevil both times around, really. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones, I still think was really strong yeah. um, and critically as well. They got critical success with Luke Cage. Um, and apparently have... audience success. Yeah. Which, you know, it seemed weird because uh, you're right. What I'd heard was, yeah, it's fine. I didn't really get into it as much. Well, they've always been good. on side with the films. Yeah. Like, even, I think Ant-Man might be their least reviewed film. Like, those rated film. Uh, that or maybe Iron Man 2. Oh, no, Hulk. It'll be Hulk, won't it? Incredible Hulk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six specific. Uh, 
But you know, I I think they'll just go. Okay, we'll write this off. This might be, this might be people getting on about the casting and kind of using this rating as a, because there's this really weird thing that for some reason. Um, okay, to go off on a little tangent mm-hmm. really quickly, Zelda: The Breath of the Wild was released for Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah, sure. This game. <laughs> um, and it was, I'm aware of it was ninety eight percent on Metacritic. Yeah, which meant that it was classed as one of the best games ever made. Sure. A reviewer then gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah. Uh, a reviewer called Jim Sterling, um, who I really enjoy. Uh, I think he's actually and all the points he makes make sense. Gives it a seven out of ten. People then lambasted him because the review score dropped from ninety eight to ninety seven, uh-huh. meaning it's no longer in that category of best game ever. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you did that just to take it down. Right. And Jim Sterling's like, my point here is, why? Because my review takes it down a peg. Does that make give it any less validation for what it had before? Yeah. Um, if you enjoy playing this game, why are you not playing it instead of taking taking it out on me? Well, this... And his his theory is um, you shouldn't subscribe to crit- critic scores, and it's kind of the reason why we don't do crit. It's exactly what I was about system. to say. The reason we don't do a star system or a you know out of ten is because each film has to be for us films. Let's say. Yeah. has to be judged on its merits and sort of within the boundaries that that film really sets out to work within. Mm-hmm. You can't compare an art house film to a blockbuster thinking they're both setting out to achieve exactly the same thing because they're very different animals. Yeah. And every single, even, you know, TV series, games, everything, if you want to enjoy it and if you really enjoy it, then go out and enjoy it. And don't let the fact that it's a ninety, a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes spoil your enjoyment of a series that may well be your cup of tea. And that's the thing, right? Not everyone is going to have the same opinion. Because I didn't like Luke Cage doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there who really, really enjoyed it. Clearly, and I, and you know, obviously there were people who did, and you know, that's your right. You um, know, but we just had this because... recently with Moonlight. You yeah. didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as I did, but. We both could agree, you know, there are elements of and it that really work. The thing is, it doesn't make it any less of a valid opinion yeah. because of that. You know, um, I didn't really rate Force Awakens for, you know, I can see it's a good film, but I didn't like it for certain reasons. But there's people who think it's one of the best films ever made. Mm. And, you know, I have to respect that that's your opinion. Mm. I think um, the thing is, as long as you can argue your point and and you've got a validation for, and it doesn't have to be, oh, well, you can definitely say this because it's a fact here, but you can just say, this is a well, you know, this is a well-made film or this is a badly made film. Yeah, and, you know, as long as you can kind of sit down and appreciate, because the thing is, there's no point um, basically turning around and saying that someone's opinion is wrong because it doesn't match yours. As long as you can justify what you're saying, then you're pretty much in the right. Sure. So... On that lovely note, sort of everyone included in the world and everyone's happy and if I could buy the world a Coke and all that, that's where we're going to have to leave it. That's a thing. Don't scoff at it. Uh, Andy, where can they find us? Uh, You can find us on... Oh, we've switched it around. uh, I normally do this bit. Facebook and Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. You can find us on Twitter at Dinosaur Man 15. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher and Buzzsprout where you can rate, comment, subscribe, review and also share with your friends like you should do because they should (laughs) listen to things.
As always, thanks go to Johnny Neves for the theme song. This week, it was critically panned, but the audience loved it. <laughs> Andy, thank you very much thank for hosting. <laughs> thank you, Alex. You're welcome. And until next time, just, just enjoy things. Yeah, if you like it, it's great. If you don't, fuck you. Wait, no, that's a bad... That's not a good message. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.